In the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Arbor Digital, the forefront of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and wealth management. Providing a low-cost, research-based investment strategy for Alaskans looking to invest their hard-earned money. Visit arborcapital.io today to put your money to work. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. TheTreeHouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. The Connoisseur Lounge, Alaska's premier locally owned and operated cannabis retailer, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. Their cultivated products include Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Superglue, and much more. Find them at theconnoisseurlounge.net. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Snow Pro AK, your snow and ice management company specializing in business and residential properties. They know what it takes to keep your property presentable and safe. Give them a call for a free estimate at 280-7098 or visit lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. Did you guys have that uh, the cow. that cow done there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, on the sheep hunt, 
Jake brought a bunch of bear, bear mountain oh, meats. That's right. Yeah. Like yeah, all, yeah. all kinds of different ones, like a Philly cheese, oh, habanero sticks, all kinds of delicious well, Philly stuff. Philly cheese, what? Philly cheese, uh, brat. Ooh, yeah, what? yeah. Yeah, I can get in the room of those like right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we did yeah, the start making us hungry here. We harvested a cow a couple weeks ago. Nice. And um, we went and brought it to Bear Bear Mountain. It was the first time I brought the meat. We brought the meat. Cow there moose. I was a cow moose. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a cow. Yeah, yeah, I was a cow moose. And uh, yeah, we. I we totally ju- didn't pick that up. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I, I was like harvested. Okay, yeah. all right. I think yeah. there's a different word for that. Um, uh, we were driving down the road. And we saw a moo cow there. Yeah, we're like, just oh, like I'm gonna it's too close to the road. You. It's on public land. <laughs> I'm gonna milk this thing and then no, get everybody by off. There are like there is like a whole world of people who have access to moose, and then there's a whole world of people who don't. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and I'm like a true. moose. Bar beg borrow stealer like I never I'm thinking about getting on the road kill list but I'm a little intimidated. Can oh, you yeah. actually anyway. borrow some moose meat? No, I mean, you have to give it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not okay. Sorry. I promise I'll give this back. Beg and steal. Beg I'll and steal. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Clarification noted. <laughs> you should get on the moose yeah, thing. My sure. uncle's I'm on it. I'm scared to do it because I don't have a garage. So um. if it was like in the winter, I'd have to like. I just need a like a friend with a garage. I have like an Arctic entry, but it's not. Well, the same. well, let's just say if you got on the list and you just had like another short list of homies to call. Yeah. I hey, man, if I get called, I'm going to call you at 3 a.m. We're going to go get this and you be- Yeah, you better get your two-place trailer out man, and your it, garage open. It's such a good wild meat. Like it's just super versatile and delicious and lean and like it has such a nice kind of complex flavor. There's like so much that's good about moose. But yeah, hard to get Yeah, if you don't. You know, have the hookups. I think yeah. that, it, you know, you could just do the before, the two-place snow machine trailer in the driveway, you know, because you, you have to take some stuff apart before you get home. It wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't be that hard to do it. And, and then just go oh, bone true. on, you know, yeah. into the butcher, unless you're taking care of all the meat yourself. Yeah. I hadn't actually thought that far. You, yeah, you could literally take the whole thing. Yeah. To yeah. wherever, Indian right. Valley or yeah. Alaska like Just sausage. like straight up, like, here's The whole like, thing. I think I think Indian Valley will take it on the carcass. Oh, it will. The whole whole, like carcass. You'll have to gut it though. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which isn't that hard. Freaked out about. That's all right. It's like a pig. It's like what else? But even if you just quartered it real quick in the field and then brought like a sawzall, you know, zip through some stuff, throw it on on the back, and then bring it in bones in, and let them clean up the meat. You know, it'd be it'd funny be if you it. just roll up in your camo and your headlamp, <laughs> like go to some tutor <laughs> on set. The hot tip about the roadkill thing is that all of my friends and family friends that have done it all sign up at the same time. Yeah. So it'll be like Bob oh. gets it tonight and in the morning their aunt Judy gets it. And then the next night cousin, you know, Frank gets it. And so suddenly they just get hammered with all this moose at once. So you got to like, you sign up this week and then, you know, spread it out. Whoever else signs up in like a month. Yeah. I don't think any of my, I don't have a lot of moose friends. Like, it's bad. I need to travel in moosier circles, frankly. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My family's are, like a, are you a, a moose fish, harvester? A like, fish sort of family. They're not like, they're like fishers, but not hunters necessarily. 
So yeah, yeah. I wouldn't really I call, call this thing that we did a, a hunt. I mean, it was it's like kind of like a it's high a population. It's a yeah, it, it, it's to get rid of the moose kill before yeah. the moose kill happens. Kind yeah. of harvest. Yeah, it, I'm for it. Yeah, those are. Oh, I decided that's the legit. that was the one moose hunt I was going to put in. For yeah, this year was that one. Yeah, because I was like, man, I always put in for a bull. Yeah. You know where we go moose hunting, oh, and I was right, just like, you know, I'm like, I don't think I'm change just going to change it up. Because, like, I like the idea of if I strike out or my crew strikes out or whatever, that obviously it's not a really, like, easy tag to get. It's low percentage. But if you were to get it like what you guys did, now you and two other buddies have this, like, last-minute right moose in your plan. back back pocket right. to that's fill right. your freezer and i'm like man yeah. that's badass and they, low pressure too you're not like no. planning this two week long to do fucking moose hunt no dude you know we were at palmer alehouse at like 11 30 yeah having bloody <laughs> berries yeah <laughs> you, know, uh, you know it, it was uh yeah it was moose nice. in the back of the truck yeah but this is the first year this is the second year that we didn't you know take home a moose from moose camp yeah and ever and uh, this is the first year we were sheep hunting. They closed the caribou area, so I didn't have any meat in the freezer. I ran out, and it's like the kids have only eaten wild game since they were born. And they're like, where's our food? Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, uh, Uncle Jake drew the cow tag. We're going to get it, I promise. <laughs> we have one more pack of deer dogs. Oh, Jake drew that? Yeah, yeah. So he got a brown bear in it? Oh, Yeah, he had a lucky okay, year. Okay, so I have to... I don't want to rabbit hole too much because I know we're on a little bit of a limited time, Julia. What? But the bear hunt. Oh yeah, dude. There's some good stories. I think we're I mean, Jake's coming just, in for episode 100. Just give me a little something. Just there give me like a little. There's something. There's a 11 foot brown bear on video that he stalked, and we'll talk about it. On, okay. Yeah. So it wow. was. Yeah. So with his bow, he was rolling with the compound, and <sighs> yeah, scary. Yeah. So uh, okay, they, they had a they had a good time. Um, okay. And he, well, I guess we'll we'll probably get to watch some videos. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, they it had just a good dawned time. on me. Yeah. I'm like, he we talked, and he was leaving for it, and then. Yeah. Got you stuck did. for four extra days. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So they, they we'll save trip. we'll save that for hunted mm-hmm. for a hundo. Alaskan adventures. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to Alaska Wild Project episode ninety four. Today we have Julie O'Malley in the house. Old 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 friend. Uh, Julia is an Alaskan writer, editor, mama, cook, award winning writer, and author of the Whale and the Cupcake. Um. You can find her on Instagram at jomalley17. And my first question is, is 17-year-old soccer number? <laughs> Maybe. It's my lucky number. <laughs> I just like that number. I don't know. It's always been my lucky number, but it's possible. But in my JV soccer days, I sort of gotten hazy. Those were really fun, though. Yeah. Never, really, never really ascended. Like, if you could just kick a ball you could be on varsity but like at east yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not maybe not like there's some good players but um but yeah anyway yeah we've known each other since junior high Wendler. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. goes way back Damn. Mm-hmm. deep yeah, deep cuts mm-hmm. yeah. was there was there like organized jv and varsity soccer at Wendler? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and east high too mm-hmm I know well, East, I, I know for I sure. Never, high school, but I never got beyond JV. No, we play. I played at Windler too. It's yeah, fun. cool. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think they do that anymore. Actually, I they only doubt, have like I one. Doubt it. One, if they have any, I think in junior high. Do you know? I don't even know anymore. I don't know. Yeah, junior highs. I don't know. I maybe maybe Romick has a team. There's mm. all these comp teams now. Like yeah, um, yeah, super. 
Should look into that since the, the kids are about to go to junior high. Where's your son going to go? My, uh, Romig. Okay, yeah. mine too. Same grade. Right Sixth They're going to know each other. Right on. These worlds wow. are repeating themselves. Yeah. It's weird oh living here. Um, what's your favorite thing about being a boy mom? Oh, I don't know. It's like um, I like it when they... You know, they're alien. They're kind of aliens. Like, <laughs> they're kind of aliens, but you know, it's weird. I've spent a lot of my life around boys. I had two brothers, and I always have, I have the same, like, dude friends from high school still. Um, and they just, these dudes just never quit surprising me. Um, they're really vulnerable, and they have, like, lots of feelings about things, and they can, they figure things out. You know, I mean, it's just like all kids, but it goes really fast. You know, they're just at the age where they figured out the other day how to make coffee, and they made me coffee. And um, I don't know. That's it's um, it's like a friend of mine told me once that, like, parenting, there's a time at which, you know, all your energy is going out of you. You know, you're like, you're like just, you you know, they've got these kids, and you're trying to keep them and from killing themselves and all that stuff. And then it just, this thing happens where it switches, and all of a sudden there's, like, more people on your team. Mm. And that's kind of, like, right the phase I'm headed into is like, mm. I mean, they're not so much trying to kill themselves and more. They're like adding to the fun. They can like take their coats off and put their dishes in the sink and yeah. still peeing on the shower curtain. But mm. you know, what are you <laughs> yeah, going to do? Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? My friend, thing, my friend came over. It's a while over. before you can get a hold of that thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. My friend, when she has two boys, she was like, yeah, I had to keep, you have a white shower curtain. I had to keep washing mine, she says delicately, because my kids always pee on it. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I went in there and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, all right. Okay. Okay. Learning something there. Thanks yeah. for the nod. Um, but yeah, yeah. My kid just started learning to make his own quesadillas. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's like mm. so stoked to bake one. He's like, "You want to make one, puppy?" Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, sure." Are they good? Yeah, sweet. Okay. Too much. Even like, not enough. I showed him how to do the right amount okay. of cheese. Does he grill <laughs> both sides double first? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The double, the yeah. butter, the yeah. grate oh. the cheese. Yeah, the whole thing. Throw some cheese underneath with the coconut oil. No, not fry that. that cheese into yeah, it. Yeah, fried Ooh. cheese. Fried oh. cheese is the secret to all things. So yeah. good. I, I there's like levels. It. There's levels. I yeah. liked how you 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 explained it that you added to your team. Yeah, like that right? that is like that hits it right on the head when your kids start like helping. Yeah, and you they know? can do for themselves, and you know, I'm always yeah, messing like up, like embarrassing them and stuff. I try to be like cool, but I thought it's I like would a be fine cool. line there. I thought you I would you be can't cool. try too hard. Yeah. It's got to be like a natural, like, wow, mom, like, do something cool around their friends or their friends are like, oh, your, your mom or dad's cool. Yeah. You can't be like, you, you forced it and it was like, oh, kind of awkward. I'm always like, I'm embarrassing. I make too many rolls. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you got to be a parent. I know. It's a fine line. No, that was a good, that just like light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, oh, man, that is a great it's feeling. A, it's it's like a phase. You can do their own load of laundry for once. And yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You got to remind them to. Put it in the dryer, but yeah. yeah, and then they nuke it and then shrink everything. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm never keeping up with everything, so the boys are always like, "Mom, like, are my pants like clean? Where's my soccer socks?" I'm like, "Wash them." Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, oopsie. <laughs> we uh, had picture day the other the other week, and we realized like this late. In the none season. of this. No, it was like a month ago or oh, whatever, okay. and and we were like, "Well, what are you gonna wear?" And he's like, "Nothing fits." He's like pulling out all the stuff and everything's like, you know, up to his like 
calf, all his pants, all his long sleeve shirts. So it's like his picture's like in a t shirt because all he ever wears is like sweatpants to school and hoodies. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And so he had to wear like the nicest t shirt he had because we had no, we didn't realize like all this stuff doesn't fit. Yeah. Like, you know? The cycle, man. You always like drop, like getting rid of new, I gotta buy new ones. And mm-hmm. their yeah. knees are always out. Like the knees are just like, yeah. just break. Like, Anyways, so I wanted to ask you guys about um, braising wild meats because this is like a so I some of my cookbook research I I did when I was working on this book I like looked at a bunch of historical Alaska cookbooks and there's a lot of recipes for braising wild game mm-hmm. but whenever I do it whenever I follow these recipes which is sort of like a slow cooks like wine and tomato sauce some whatever you know. It just kind of disappears into like a tiny little tough ball. Yeah. Mm. And maybe people think that's good, but I don't. And there's got to be a way. Maybe you just shouldn't braise wild. Like maybe you shouldn't be braising wild game like that. It's too lean. You know, I, cause I was like, I think it's just like not a thing. Cause people are like, I just make a pot roast out of it. I'm like, "Mm, do you though? Cause like a pot roast out of something with so little fat, like, how is that gonna yeah, turn, turn out? Turn it's dry and crappy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So <clears throat> what's the way we marinate? We grill? Like what do we do? So I mean for like pot roast and stuff and with big wild game, at least for me, is I cut first like little pieces and yeah. I throw it in late and I don't leave it there very long. And yeah. then when you pull it out, of course let it reabsorb as much fluid as you can. So you know, leave it on the ca- cooling with fluid. You know, so the, are you like heating up vegetables and then putting them yeah, in later? meat in later? Yeah, interesting. For, yeah, okay, that yeah. makes sense. That's, that's just good. what I do, but yeah. I'm not the best cook. So, that's yeah, good I, advice, I like though. to keep it all on the bone and then definitely sear first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, and then always what? add the vegetables like last. So, which vegetables are we like? Because potatoes are controversial, but are we? I uh, rarely use potatoes. Yeah, um, right? I like oh, to yeah. do. Um, Carrots. I like to do um, whole mushrooms, like in the end. Mm. Um, onions. Uh, onions. All kind. I like. I'll do like three different kinds of onions in really big pieces, and I like to do really big pieces of like pineapple. Mm. So wait, take me through this. Let's start at the beginning. So it's like you're searing the meat, and the meat is what cut of what? Okay. Animal? So so like the last one I did, um, we got some. Uh, sick of blacktail deer, mm-hmm. and it was a small, it was small doe. Um, so I took basically the entire leg, and like, kind of smushed it up so it would fit in the in the in the pot. And I seared, I I uh, salted and peppered the whole thing. Flour? And I, did you flour? No, no, I didn't flour. Um, I did a whole bunch of onions and garlic. It does work good, by the way, Julia. Though. Really sliced and diced, and used that in the pan, and then stuck that into the pot, and then I. On the same with the same juices, I put the um, then I seared the meat and I put that on top, just seared enough. And then I put um, water, I put a little beef stock, I put Coca Cola, I put orange juice, I put wine, and I put pineapple. What kind of wine? White, red, interesting. All right, yeah. And then you put pineapple at some point from a can or fresh, fresh, okay, fresh pineapple. Bigger chunks, the better. So we're going for like a sweet, sort of savory vibe, mm-hmm. like a like a, okay. And then how long did you cook it for? And then I'll let that go for like five hours, 
and then in the last like five hours at 325 in the oven um no this one was like in um like in a crock pot this is a one in a crock it was a pot. slow cooker situation slow cooker okay. situation on low yes okay yep and then i w and then in the last like hour I'll put like the thicker, bigger pieces, like the um, like celery or something like that. It's gonna mm -hmm. get a little better, and then in the last like thirty minutes, I'll put um, the mushrooms because mm -hmm. they'll get all mushy yeah. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah. Okay, I like it. That's a it's good. come that's, out pretty good. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But I never do the same thing. Uh -huh. yeah. I'm always like, oh, I do have this. I have. Well, you like know how to cook, and I put Coca Cola. Yeah. yeah. No, don't. Let's not. Like I like the Dr Pepper, but same. Really? Yeah, yeah. but the I do. Pepper, I don't. Okay. I do that on a pork, like a like a pork shoulder. Mm. Okay. Same idea though. Like you know, I it's do the big sweet. the yeah big the big onions, and then the you know you sear up the shoulder. You take the onions out, sear up the shoulder. But you, I do a little. I do cornstarch and like you know salt and pepper, and then take it out, and then onions on the bottom, big pieces of carrot. Maybe, maybe I don't. I'm not gonna. Let's take care of it out. Let's take care of it out. Just then, I put the meat. Then I dump chilies in a double sauce and Dr Pepper, mm. and then mm. we do the slow cook. That sounds good. Yeah, I mean it's I've hard to that. it's hard to take like a round shoulder or like a roast off of a moose and like no matter what, all those amazing delicious things mm -hmm. you throw in a crock pot, it's too and hard. Have to pull it out and then cut it, and it's not dry. No, like it's still even. To Jack's credit, like throwing it in late probably is going to give it the best. It just chance, doesn't seem to dry out as much because you can look yeah. at it and be like, okay, this is good, medium rare. Like yeah. you're just pulling right. it out and looking at it. You know? Yeah, because last thing you want it to on a game meat, in my opinion, is you don't want nothing bleeding. No, that it's seems so, it's so irony and yeah. like it just mm. it just ruins the flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like really better overcooked. And undercooked, mm -hmm. even though when you overcook it, now it's dry. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when it's undercooked, it just tastes, I don't know. I, I can eat some undercooked moose meat, but it's just very. Yeah, it seems. Tastes, <laughs> like, a, tastes like a bloody nose kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Have you ever had whale meat? Like not the blubber, no. but the actual whale. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. It's like the most like metallic metallic thing oh, i've metallic. ever that's what tasted taste like is, it yeah. um i had it and it was done weird like it was done non-traditionally so it was like in yeah. butter and wine and um it was so dense like it's marine mammal it's been living a long time and it has this incredible density it's not fibrous it's not really fatty like i think the meat is separated into the fat layer mm. and then this like crazy kind of marine metallic but you eat it and you just can feel it in you like there's a magic to eating marine mammal like it is so oh sorry go, it's so unusual um that there is like a way in which it like changes your how your body feels it changes your dreams it's like a it's like a really intense nutrient dense mm. food like liver know. almost yeah, it has that, but it doesn't have that, like, you know how liver liver has that, like, kind of back of the mouth mm -hmm. sort of chalkiness or yeah. graininess, and it's not, it's not like that. It's like a, it's like, like a cow meat scenario, but just imagine if you were to, like, have no fibrousness, like, yeah. and it was just, like, pure protein penny 
caught yeah. for a taste. Yeah. It's a trip. I didn't feel well. I felt like it was in me, like <laughs> it was digesting <laughs> through me for like a while. You're like, Get and out. I had weird dreams. It was it was That's weird. weird. Yeah, just a weird it's, chemical like. Well, it's super nutrient dense because like people would travel. They'd be hunting in the Arctic, and they would like have a piece of like blubber frozen. And they would just like slice a piece off and eat it and it would sustain them for a day, you know, because it's a slow digest, it's super nutrient dense and it's like a, it's a fat that is when warm turns to liquid, um, like a lot of marine mammal fat. That's why, you know, like seal oil, which is eaten widely on the coast. It's like, um, you just like render it at room temperature. Um, mm. just by keeping it at room temperature and it basically renders and ferments at the same time. So it's oh. like a real, it's a real trip, but, um, but that's like magic too. It has, it's like people use it for healing in every Alaska native culture uses it for healing. Yeah. Is the texture of that whale similar to, I want to like see it and taste like it. Like a, um, it's a trip. Yeah. My mom would make this soup called Mondongo and it's made with, um, like the, the stomach, and the intestines, like man- the menudo, like I had a menudo. Lunch today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me more like of tongue, like you mm, know okay. how that like sort of dense the density yeah. and not so much intested in the intestines, which are also eaten. I haven't, I haven't had that though before. Um, yeah, I've had fermented whale mikiak, which is like effervescent. Mm. Imagine mm. that, like an effervescent protein. Yeah, um, super marine, but not fishy marine like different like more towards seaweed than low tide can't explain oh yeah okay okay. the whale meat looks like looks like beef it does yeah it has that looking at pictures online and and it's just like it's weird really condensed like just google like whale meat and then it'll pull up like it's um i'm it's making my mouth water, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think it was uh, um, it was uh, done in butter when I had it, so it was like ex. It was just like really intensive, you know. But it does feel like something that's probably good for your body in small doses, you know. Well, and then if your your digestive system is used to like like pro- kale. processing that, if you've been eating kale, and then you try to eat that, it'll it'll f with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, if you overate this, like, oh, this whale meat's so good, and you just ate too much, and then no, it probably make Ill. you feel sick. Yeah, yeah. It, and it the looks meat, like game meat. The meat, yeah, yeah, it looks. Yeah. Look, that's yeah. whale right meat. That is. Yeah. But it doesn't look quite. It didn't look like quite like that when I ate it. Um. Yeah, that makes it look a little bit more like beef, but it's like. I can't explain it. Anyway, it'd be interesting to try for you guys to try it. Yeah, now I want to. I really I definitely try passed up my cho- chance. Oh, you did? Yeah, in Iceland. You passed oh, it yeah. up? Yeah, I chickened out after. Uh, yeah, after going to like some of the historical museums. So I, was like, I mean, nope, were you like getting nope. on an airplane the next day or something? No, it had to do with like reading about the culture of whaling and stuff because mm. it's like a huge oh. part of their culture there. Oh. And so I had happened to go to a bunch of time? museums that week. Indigenous okay. culture or like commercial whaling? They're commercial whaling. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, that'll freak you out. Well, it was just like I'm not going to participate. No, yeah, it's yeah. it's oh, like oh, are too smart. Whales thing. are too smart, and I don't know. So. Yeah. But like, if it was indigenous thing, mean. and that's how I've had it, yeah. I've had like the fat. You yeah, know? yeah. Like so, my, yeah, like muck tuck. tuck. Yeah. And so my my dad my dad got hooked up, and he still like has a big piece, and he cuts it up when we go 
mm-hmm. on big trips and everyone has a little so it piece, changes but. your perception of what the meat might taste like because it was harvested commercially versus like i didn't want to participate it, it wasn't what it tastes like uh, okay the yeah. commercial harvest is like it's really hard not to feel like it's wrong yeah and it like totally messes with like the indigenous harvest which is like not wrong i can't exp- it I mean i can't explain it it's like the indigenous people rely on it they have for thousands of years and they are respectful and they are not you're using the whole animal and the entire community uses the whole animal yeah. and it's like how yeah. people understand the land and each other and like it makes complete sense and it's just, it's like done in a way that has stewardship whereas it's like commercial whaling is done because yeah. There's they a bottom line to me. Yeah. They're just trying yeah. to make money, and they're not, you know, and the whales are like not plentiful. No, none of none of the things that we rely on from the ocean are plentiful anymore, and that's, that's the whole right. thing about especially whales. That seems. Man, you start reading know. some of those old whaling books. It is insane the amount of whales we would get. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, crazy, like thousands and thousands and thousands. Yeah, the sperm like whale stuff was insane yeah. for the and, oil, and then they weren't really utilized. You know, no. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was just, I mean, we had a different mentality and culture. I mean, Alaska probably wouldn't have been purchased if it wasn't for the fact that we were like mm. very interested in harvesting, you know, fish for one and like seal and whale and all that stuff. It's crazy going up to the Arctic coast cause they have these, like, there's all these wrecks. There were all these whaling shipwrecks and they don't have any trees. So there's like house pits where the houses are built from the wood that got washed ashore ashore from like i mean that's just so it's so crazy yeah yeah (laughs) no i don't i don't think people are still living in that stuff but it's you can still find it right right yeah smashed up in ice and pushed ashore and absolutely oh i imagine they way underestimated themselves when navigating the alaskan waters in search of critters yeah i mean like the shit they got themselves into absolutely Yeah. I love reading those ones when they get trapped. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good story, right? There's a lot yeah. of good stories. I mean, Alaska's full of good stories. Yeah. Endless. Yeah. Endless. That's kind of one of the main main reasons why we want to start this, start this podcast and change the narrative of, like, Alaskan, like, you know, ice road truckers and all the, the shit you see on, you know, to discover. No, Dirty you know. jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's like there's so much cooler stuff and stories to be told and heard. Um, Absolutely. You know, that are that are actually like real depiction of what Alaska is. Not, complicated. Not the Hollywood version. Yeah. Yeah, complicated for sure. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it interesting and surprising. I mean, surprise is like basically, you know, the main ingredient for any story, right? Yeah. And tension. Yeah. Well, tension, which hunting has, right? You're like, you're already oh, yeah. set up with a journey, you know? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, they can go sideways pretty quick. Yeah, that's what you like. That's what you mm-hmm. want, right? You produce mm-hmm. that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. not really. As a storyteller, that's what you want. Yeah. Not as a hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you kind of, you know, like you're prepared for it, but you don't really want you don't want the bad to happen. You don't want no. the sketchy or hairball stuff to happen. But boy, when you come home and you survive it and you tell the story, it just really resonates, and people remember it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? I think um, the the stakes are higher here. You know, there aren't as many True. people. The wild is big. The wildness is big. Yeah. Um, I mean, even when you just live in town. And you got moose in your yard and you like wake up and see those mountains every day. I mean, it's just, 
you were reminded no matter what of like where you stand. Yeah. Um, it's a big country. Yeah. That, te- that tension you have out there, you know, even when it goes well, there's this tension of what could happen or like just being in, in the elements. But that I feel like is like the, it's like working out your soul. Like you're able to grow as a human differently, you know, mm. by being put in those circumstances. Yeah. And then you come home and, you know, you had this crazy trip and shit could have gone or did go wrong or whatever. But then like you're clear when you're, and I just feel like when I get home from those trips, like all like any sort of anxiety or whatever mm. is just gone mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. for a long period of time. Well, it's perspective giving, you know, when you switch up all of the things are important, you know, and then you're like, why was I like so freaked out about like the other thing? Cause yeah. it doesn't even matter. Yeah. yeah. It could be I mean, dead. Living yeah. in Alaska is perspective giving. Cause you talk to your friends in a city and they're like, you know, stressing out about some like thing or whatever. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't know, but no one cares that you went to Harvard here. Yeah. Like, no. But no, we kind of <laughs> care about food security a little more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like people here care about what you can do, not what you have done. Um, and there's a good and bad to that. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you guys are fishers, your family's fishers. And as I was looking at your <laughs> pictures, um, that you guys have a fish camp. We no, I got to go to a friend's fish camp. I was just fishing, like set setting off of the beach in Kenai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my uncle, my family is like, even though people trying to say they're feminists, whatever, the labor is so divided. Like I just never was even, it wasn't even a consideration that I would be part of the catching of the fish. So I was part of the processing of fish. Um, and it was all led by actually by my uncle who is 82 now and he's too frail to fish anymore. So we've had to kind of switch it up some, um, but yeah, we are copper river people always. Um, but yeah, like now I'm like, well, how, like lately since he quit fishing, I have like needed to switch up how I get fish. Like I got to figure that out too. You know, I have friends who fish commercially out of, you know, they, out of the, in the Bering Sea, I mean, uh, out of Bristol Bay and then also in Southeast. So I can like, you know, I, I like to patronize their like, you know, f- you know, straight from boat to customer kind of businesses, oh, sweet. but it's not quite the same. Yeah. It's not the same. Um, so I got to figure that out. Everything's moving around, you know, well, you got the kids now got to take them out. I know well, they do. They have gone some, um, but not since the pandemic. They haven't. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've dipped, you know, they've gone dip netting and stuff. Um, but it's not like as cool as like hauling in a net or whatever like that. That's funny because I've fished my whole life, but I've never done that. It's neat. I've never really dip netted or done any kind of netting. Like You've never netting. gone dip netting on the Kenai? One time. And I, mean, I was like- so like, I felt like it was the dirtiest, <laughs> <laughs> like cheating thing I ever did in my it's life. It's pretty crowded and crazy. Oh, I mean, yeah. I sort of like the diversity of it. You know, if you think about it in the United States, like there's no place where f- salmon is available to like anybody with a net like that. Um, That's a good point. You know, it's like salmon is like a go to the Whole Foods and you're going to pay like $25 a pound for that yeah. free, you know, blah, 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 blah. But in Alaska, like you can still, anybody can free, f- fill their freezer and it is like a, it's an economic thing. It's like a, 
connection to land thing. It's identity thing. But, you know, there's like Samoan churches where like people go and they fish for the whole church. Like that's sweet. That's cool. Mm. Um, You know, I appreciate, I just appreciate that about here. Um, But it won't always be that way because I don't know that the future of fish is really all that good, to be honest. Um, I'm working on like, I'm on the third draft of a book proposal about that. Let's just send a little magic out in the universe. (laughs) But are you looking for like fish issues? I got all the fish issues. I just have to figure out how to explain why it matters to people uh, outside of here. You yeah, know, there's yeah. A, there's so many fish issues. Yeah, um, fish issues. <laughs> I love yeah. the fish issues. No, but it's it's I'm like a, that down. I mean, over like if you were to look at it widely, it's like about climate change. Like there isn't any doubt that the warming oceans mess with the fish when they go out there for sure but it's also about overfishing and trawling and Mm -hmm. it's really hard to know and split out and then there's also the issue of competition from fish that are in the hatcheries so it's just kind of hard to sort it all out and then whatever's going on in bristol bay where they're just like just bonkers number of fish yeah like there's a lot there's some evidence that that's not sustainable mm. either um they're smaller but they're and their life cycles are changing because mm. the water's warm like that's yeah, crazy they're, they're yeah, shorter yeah. huh mm-hmm. and yeah. um but they're it's bonkers like they've never had that many fish but that's like that's not normal either so it just feels the thing that's craziest though is the yukon where there's no fish um you know the kings went away as we know the kings are going away but then they lost the chumps um so there's like families with like multi generational fish, fish camps that like didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year is a kind of the make or break year, like to see if the fish return. Um, Up to Yukon, yeah. Because mm. if they don't, it, like, because Imonic is like you could see it on the map there. Um, but uh, there's like commercial fishing out of there, and that's kind of getting messed up. But it's those it's those places, you know, like those villages where people have been reliant on it yeah reliant yeah. on it and that's that really changes yeah. life for people yeah. like you know just the things that you know right like yeah. how to handle how to like break down a moose right mm-hmm. that's important yeah. knowledge and you don't learn it from a book it's like and it's what makes you who you are and like the cutting of fish the putting out of the net the hanging of the fish all of that different stuff is like um it's just important to who we are yeah, yeah. um Anyway, sorry, I'm on a soapbox. Oh, no, this I'm on a issue, fish issue. So- oh, I'm on a fishy fish soapbox. List. Did you look at all into the um, methanol de-icing stuff at the airport? The no, what? but that sounds bad. Oh, well, so there, you know, the Anchorage Airport doesn't have, like, a true de-icing facility. Like, all mm-hmm. these other big airports, they have a real de-icing um, facility, meaning, like, the plane drives into a place okay. that's oh, enclosed. Wow. Oh, here they're spraying. And then all the methanol, the, whatever, the de-icing fluid drops off, goes into some drains and is recaptured. Ours goes out into the ocean right here. And oh. when, when you put methanol or de-icing fluid into the, the water, it steals oxygen. And so constantly we're putting a fluid out there that's taking oxygen out of the water. And it's, if you look at like the, the upper Susitna drainage and then the other streams on their side, the Theodore, Beluga, Chew It, they have like a different trend, downward trend in salmon that doesn't follow the same downward trend mm-hmm. that you see everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And no one's been able to explain it, but yeah, the only piece, the only difference that i know of is this de-icing facility the lack of a de-icing facility and sending out I'd, the methanol out. that is a fantastic point i mean to piggyback on that um 
We also don't have like a tertiary treatment facility for our like wastewater. Oh, that's true. So you flush it down the toilet and they basically just like strain out the chunks and bleach that business and they put it right out into the inlet. And, um, and that means that like prescription drugs, detergents, all that stuff, you know, fats, um, they try to get that out, but it's all going out there. Um, yeah, only so much gets screened. And we're one of the very few cities of our size in the country that's allowed to do that. Girdwood's not even allowed to do that. They have a tertiary treatment facility, but we, we were like kind of grandfathered in and they were like, there's so much tidal action. It just, but I'm like, mm, I don't know. Cause like the other thing that's out there are those beluga whales. Yes. Um, and they're having a really rough time. And they think that some of that might be noise pollution. Like there's a lot of worry about the all those platforms out there. Mm-hmm. But there's also like who knows what's in the water. Mm-hmm. You know, never mind that the water temperature is increasing. Right. Anyway, it gets real apocalyptic real yeah. fast. Maybe we should start talking about recipes. Like yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to you guys about deer meatballs because. Um, Ooh, I just want gear shift. Yeah, I just like let's just not. You know, there's only so much apocalypse we can take right now between snowstorms uh, <laughs> yeah. and another and another fucking foot that's supposed to come. I yeah, can't. bring it I on. Can't, I can't. Bring and it on. I like never get to work. Um, but I wanted to tell you guys about this recipe that was like life changing, and I don't know what you think about it, but basically, I took venison. It was ground. My favorite way to use game meat is ground, and I don't know if that's just because I'm like basic b but i like it like yeah. to so, do many, lots so, many of, so many options yeah. yeah and then before i put it in the bowl i took a piece of white bread and i soaked it in milk then i like put the uh the meat in there i got some egg parm i used kind of like a sausage spice so i threw some fennel and some red pepper mm. salt and pepper um and fresh uh just like chopped uh, parsley, and man, did it kick ass! It was like a little, a Sounds little good. olive oil, yeah. And but then it, in the oven, um, I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't do them in the pan mm-hmm. that people do, but I'm like an oven person. Yeah. It's like an it's an Italian person's yeah. like shame. Yeah, You're supposed to do them in the pan, and then I dropped them into the sauce. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Just like braised yeah. them for a little bit before Sounds I served delicious. them. Yeah. Do you have a perfect meatball size? I'm a small meatball person. I don't like a big meatball. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that says about me. Um, but, you know, I like them like, you know, Super Bowl. Because, you know, it's like, there's yeah. something neat. I don't know. But there's a so whole other school. The whole thing? Yeah. Right yeah. in. So, yeah. so like, is, like, like, you get a Tyson meatball? Like from like a bag at Costco, is that like the standard yeah, meatball? I feel like that's good. I mean, I you could use I, like who a, makes a fucking like meatball? It's a whole thing. Yeah, it is like a, a whole meat thing. The ball, yeah, like really the dense, thing. super yeah. dense. Like people like them really dense. Be like, hard. How do you yeah. even cook the damn thing? Mom Lau loves loves them like that. Yeah, it's just it's big, like big? It, yeah, it's a you will you braise it in the sauce, so okay. that so you would fry it on the outside and then you would braise it in the sauce. Okay, I had mm. I had uh, meatballs at a like. I don't know, man. It's like Italian joint from like the 20s in mm-hmm, Chicago last mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm. Nice. And they were the best meatballs I've mm-hmm. ever had. Just in uh, marinara sauce, like yeah. simple. Basically, yeah. it was just an appetizer before we had this pizza. I was like, oh, my God. I've never had a meatball that was... Yeah. Like meatballs are just kind of like, okay, yeah, fun. You know, you yeah. eat them with some barbecue sauce or whatever, a Super Bowl party. But like these were authentic traditional italian meatballs yeah. and I was a whole new respect yeah 
I'm like, God damn, how'd they even cook these things? And they were just like tender, juicy, not dry. Like I didn't grow up eating I mean, meatballs. Oh, dude, I love meatballs. Me either, but those things. So my trick to the meatballs, I don't do them as well as my mom, but I do make small ones, not like mom. And at the end, I always have my sausage and peppers going for like six or seven hours. We oh. go old school. In like what kind of, like how? <clears throat> just you got so, on a pan, just on a, the low heat, low heat all day long situation. Yep. Okay. All day long. Okay. And so it's like you. Do you put Coke on those? No. Right. Nope. Nope. I do. I just do the sausage and then the peppers and onions all day long. Mm-hmm. And so you don't need, it's just like a marinade at the end. Yeah. Or marmalade. Yeah. Yeah. Been, like a caramelized. It's like gravy. Yeah. gravy yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it would be like bacon <laughs> jam. It's like what, yeah, it, what yeah. it's like. Yeah. And so you, you don't even see you see like the skeleton of a pepper, you know? Yeah. But um but then I just put my meatballs in that. That's good. So mm. then like the meatball doesn't have to be seasoned perfect. It just goes it in there. All that yeah, it yeah, soaks yeah, it all yeah. up. It's good. There's a whole thing of like rolling the meatball. Sorry, that was party yeah. fell of bumping my mic um yeah, there's odd. a whole thing of rolling the meatball in like a bread cl- a breadcrumb parm and then doing like an olive oil fry mm. and that Ooh. would that yeah. that's good but here's a sauce secret that my friend Bo taught me Bo's down in juno if you ever go down juno you should eat with him he's actually coming up here to do a dinner hopefully at Bo's, south Bo? um Bo schooler he has in boca de lupo in juno he's just mm. like a maniac you guys would actually love him um both schooler mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what was the restaurant it's in boca de lupo mouth of the wolf italian mm. but it's like it's in the old silver bow building and I think I ate there when yeah I there. but he makes his spaghetti sauce like a really simple marinara with like butter and a high quality tomato sauce and i don't know if you guys have ever had marcella hazan's butter and onion sauce so it's basically just like high quality tomato sauce with like a stick of butter and half an onion and you just like simmer it and then it makes this sort of amazing sauce so that's kind of a phenom on its own i think it just gave me heartburn you talking mm-hmm. about yeah it. but then <laughs> you add like a couple <laughs> tablespoons of miso to that Wow. and it's oh, just man. stupid Whoa. white miso which is basically a cousin of msg um and it's just mm. this umami that is like it just it just is stupid. It's stupid. So like then Bo makes the pasta, tosses it with that, and then serves it with a meatball. And it's like he's he's a just a total maniac creative. And it's, he has a sous chef, this woman, Rachel. They're maniacs. They're creative, and they love Alaska, and they understand Alaska. But this dish is like a standard issue on their menu, and it's just like pretty epic. Um, I tried to copy his recipe. I actually wrote it um, for Edible one time. But anyway – you make the balls. You make the balls. Yes. <laughs> you use the, the best meat is venison. I swear to God, like nothing compares. And then you you put them in that sauce, and then you use high quality pasta. You just win. You yeah. are winning. It is a very special, like you know, soprano. Well, wonderful down there. I the gotta go, yeah. I gotta mm-hmm. go try that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Let's do it. Barney Sports Chalet. Supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. Barney specializes in supplying hunters with the absolute best Alaskan-proven gear on the market for some of nature's most rugged and demanding terrain. Whether you're headed to the remote volcanic islands of the Alaska Peninsula in search of a brown bear, or the shale-infested glacial valleys of the Brooks Range for dull sheep, it is critical you choose the right gear for your dream hunt. Don't miss Barney's exclusive brand, Frontier Gear of Alaska, 
tested from the high mountains of Tajikistan to the extreme conditions of Alaska. These products were designed for high performance and durability. Frontier Gear was derived from decades of experience hunting big game in Alaska. Paired with other top brands, it provides you the absolute best gear selection anywhere in the world. Stop in at Barney Sports Chalet in Anchorage on Northern Lights or check out their custom website and reference tool at barneysports.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. At Total Truck, you can find brands such as ARE, RSI Smart Caps, Goose Gear, Eye Camper, Front Runner, Rigid Lights, Rhino Linings Bedliners, and everything you need to outfit your truck or SUV. Alaska Overlander provides 4x4 vehicles and expedition trailers custom modified for Alaskan adventures and outfitted with rooftop tents, fridges, and all the camping and cooking gear you need to start exploring. Visit them at alaskaoverlander.com. Uh, Rustic Goat. Yeah. 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 He's awesome. Yep. I like that. Yeah, Adam Markham. Yeah, we had him on. I think he was like first five episodes. Yeah, I think somewhere. he was number two. I'm trying to get Dave on. Yeah. He's, what is he he's doing? Starting me, man. He's he's a, he's hard to pin down. Come on, delicious Dave. I know. Oh, Come yeah. through. Oh, that's right. We're um, talking to him. For we do an annual. I've been hosting an annual game meet party. Oh. And it's gotten a little out of hand. Okay. Um, so <laughs> we can't do it at my house anymore. <laughs> Um, but I want to formally invite you because I it's one it. of these um, events that we host. It's like a private event for all our friends and guests and people like that. Um, and everyone comes with their best game dish. Okay. So when you come, I think last year we had 180 people there. Holy jeez. Where did you have it? Uh, we rented a place. Yeah. And we had it there. Um, it was a girls, house party, Julia. Yeah, it was like back <laughs> in the day. But the the, the amount of things that come is amazing. I mean, people are bringing I've different got stuff in game come. and lumpias and desserts. And, I've got to come. I love And to. just the different. I mean, there was smoked, so much food. It was trout from Campbell Creek. Oh, what? That was, that was the winner. That was the winner. <laughs> it's best not to. It's best just to say like like cooking lit smoke trout. Ptarmigan <laughs> like, from Jack, Upper Huffman. Yeah. Jack, <laughs> Jack looked at me like what? Okay. I okay. believe it, dude. With that crowd. So here's the question. <laughs> exactly. Here's the question. Tell me, like, of all of the things, the Alaskan wild foods that you okay close your eyes and just imagine the mouthful like what is the thing what is the best thing at the party just no in general in general like maybe it's at the party but you know for me it's crab what kind of crab Mm. oh you know it it doesn't really matter that much to be honest okay is it done in butter Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there'd be like a mouthful of crab. Now that would cost you like 15 to $20. We get it on our own. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I would say some type of slider. This is a slider? Ooh, what yeah. kind of animal? Um, I want to bring up that muskox shredded slider that Wes brought. Damn. Oh, we, got, we got a barbecue sauce on that situation? or like He had some sort of uh, salty cheese on it damn there was pickles? no sauce is it a pickle situation there was a pickle on there god i love a pickle on a slider. and it was so good those things were unreal 
Yeah. Yeah. And then you just think of muskox like, but it was amazing. It was amazing. I don't think of it like that. I feel like it's going to be good. Like muskox seems like a good thing. Yeah, it, it definitely blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they eat, they eat grass. Grass, yeah. Yeah, it's like so bison. It's a, yeah, that's how yeah. I would attribute it to. Yeah. Gosh, man, that's a really good question. That bison backstrap we had in here was real good. Bison that was le- good. The license, bison is legit. Bison's delicious. Yeah, that is my number one Alaska game meat. All right. Yeah. Bison. Yeah, Jake got, one. Jake got a bison the day before his show. Right, and then we smoked it on the grill and brought it in here. It was a tenderloin, and then ate it on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was super good. You did some kind of mustard on it or something. Yeah, I cooked it. But yeah, you did it. Yeah, with the sous vide a little bit, and then grill. No, 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 no. It was smoke for a while, and then we went to high heat. Sous vide is such a dude thing. Is uh, it? It's yeah. super easy with kids. Yeah, there you go. But I don't know what it is. It's like dudes like sous vide. They're like, I'm going to sous vide this. Like ladies, they just don't. They aren't trying to do that. They're like, I'm going to put it in my in my La Crusade pan. And then <laughs> <laughs> it's like that thing of like the Traeger versus the green egg. Like Traeger oh, yeah. is going to be Republican. He's going to be a cop, a Repub- you know, or whatever. And green egg is going to be like a public lands manager. <laughs> BLM. Exactly. It's like, it's like, yeah, they're both, they're probably both wearing Patagonia jackets out there, but it's just anyway. Yeah. One of them hates himself. For yeah, it. Yeah. No, one of them's really clean and the other one's dirty with a bunch of like patches and stuff on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Anyway, the, the like soup thing as a dad streak. though, like you can go make the pre-meal, put the vegetables in it. Yes. Yes. And then throw it. Like the last thing you do before you drive kids to school is you throw it in the Smart. water and, yep. and then you get to work and at two 30, you'd turn it on, on your Bluetooth and, all right. Okay. Yeah. That, but all of that is like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. Like yeah. planning it ahead yeah. of time. Like, yeah. oh, shoot, I got the sous vide. I can do it on my app. Yeah. Like yeah. that is such a dude thing. Yeah. Um, but I love it. Yeah. I love it. I don't like, I'm just by really myself. I don't handy. like oh, have dude. that. Part. My lifestyle yeah. doesn't. Yeah. So Too my foresight. <laughs> what's your favorite? Man, I was just like trying really hard to think about it. I, I don't know. This isn't my favorite. This is not my favorite. But just the first thing Comes that came to, to mind. mind. Okay. Was, uh, I was like, maybe six six years ago, we were on our way to Moose Camp, and we just had a really great run on spruce grass. Yeah. Just with a 22. Pow, 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 pow. Probably got a dozen of them on the way uh, between all of us um, to Moose Camp. And uh, I said, well, guys, help me clean these things up, and I'm going to make fajitas. And so I I did um, spruce grouse, fresh spruce grouse fajitas on the cast iron skillet. Okay. And I happened to bring, like, taco pack, you know, the whole thing. So I was like, oh, just in case you get enough. Because there was, like, five of us that that year. Yeah. Got to make quite a bit. That's a lot Uh, of spruce grouse. But it was a lot of meat. I mean, once we we started peeling them out, I mean, I had a bowl up. Bowl full of meat because I I stripped it. You know, I cut it in strips. Yep. Yeah. I harvested every single ounce of meat possible off those grouse. Spent so much time. But uh, I just remember everybody just sitting around the fire that night. Like, every bite, oh, my God, Brandon, oh, my God, Brandon. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, I don't even know how I did it. I just cooked some fajitas, like, kind of like half-ass from scratch. Yeah. Maybe because they're at moose camp. 
right? That yeah. They're like extra good. Yeah. And we used to have to do like an overnight to get to moose camp. So it was like a really miserable trip where we'd like, we'd, we would get from like, you know, trail start to this spot. And it was like, oh, we fucking made it, man. That was so shitty. And then we had a whole nother shitty day the next day. Yeah. So it was that first leg of the shittiness. Yeah. That I made those, <laughs> yeah. those fajitas. Yeah. And then everybody was just, anyway, I just remember, and, and they were right. Like every bite was like, the most scrumptious, just savory, delicious. Yeah. yeah. And the grouse was so fresh. I mean, they were eating blueberries. Mm-hmm. And they were just, I mean, they, you peeled them open, they were just blue. Yeah. All the breasts were just blue. That dark meat. Oh, That's my so God. Good for you. The yeah. blueberries were so good that year, like the best ever, because we mm-hmm. were putting them in our pancakes all the time that year. Yeah. And those grouse were just, we've, we've never had, I don't think ever had grouse that good. Um, that was just an exceptional year, but... So that was, I guess, not. I, it, it's just the first thing that came to mind. I like it. it. There's spruce grouse fajitas. Yeah. There's this like, there's this guy Pete Wells. He's a food critic for the New York Times, and he's to be a food critic is hard because you got to write about food, but you can't be stupid, you know. Yeah, you're kind of a dick, aren't you? Well, I mean, those? that's like that's optional, but like it, you got to write about <laughs> you got to write about food in a way that like the way he writes about food is to be like not like it tasted like herbs and lemon and leather or something like that he never says stuff like that he's like it tasted like a weekend in maine when i was 12 like you know and and because there is this like amazing link between memory and flavor Mm. that's actually one of the reasons the pandemic's so jacked up is because it messes with people's relationships to smells and tastes in this like jacked up way mm. you know it takes that away from people when they lose it and some people lose it for a long time and i give i lost it for like nine months and it i gave oh. it a lot of thought um but uh but anyway it, that story you tell it's like can you really separate the flavor of something from the context in which you eat it and like should you right and that's like the whole thing going back to alaska native food is like this is how we know who we are when you're native right because yeah. you go out on the boat you get the whale you pull it in everybody in the boat eats a piece of that meat standing right there and prays to god about it like you know what i mean it's like yeah it's just this way in which like food isn't really food is about so much more you know um well, in that anyway. same in that same context i think part of it as far as what you like or what you remember the most is where it was cooked. Right. Versus like example, like you go to some fancy restaurant, you get this delicious meal from some kitchen in a restaurant versus you, your grandma cooked you something in her kitchen. Right. Versus your mom cooked you something on a campfire when you're camping. Right. You know? And to me personally, anything that's made outside on a fire over a grate or with a cast iron yeah is just the best and like we've we've started these traditions with my mom and my parents um they snowbird now and they come and they camp with us all all summer and and my mom is an excellent chef i mean she just makes these colombian meals that are just like i don't even like i could say them people don't even know what they are but mm-hmm. she just makes these bandeja paisas and sancochos and these soups and these things and yeah. then she'll make them all on the fire yeah and that's a tradition right like i've seen videos of like places where people just have outdoor kitchen in south america like you know yeah so we would go when we would go to um when i was little we go to bogota and visit my my dad's grandma i mean in their house they would have literally have like a little thing with a little fire that they would cook yeah yeah like that 
And so it just brought me back to those days when my mom and my dad was doing cooking all this chicharrones and empanadas and all these stuff you know in homer on the beach on this big fire pit that we made yeah and it just brought me back that one little moment you know what i'm saying in my dad's mom's house or little tiny apartment in bogota in the hood over there and her just making this like these eggs and this stuff it's just like just brought me back to that and something about that just triggers that beautiful flavor and just that memory mm-hmm. of it just being so good you know yeah genuine genuine like instead of instead of some fine fine five course place from blah 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 or wherever like i'd prefer that yeah for you sure. know well food is like a carrier molecule you know for other things like food isn't i mean food is calories in right but it carries all this other stuff like it it food is love food is memory food is connection food yep. is identity it's all these things. And in Alaska, in a place where we're like annexed from the rest of the world, like 90% of our food's coming in, you know, I mean, our relationship to food is really twisted, kind of weird. And wild food is what grounds us. I mean, it's not just survival. It's it's all the other things. It's how we connect to each other. It's like what we do in the summer. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah good point. My favorite food is, um, is like black cod. Mm. <sighs> Par, par I was smoked. Gonna ask you, I was like, you never did tell us what your yeah, favorite. Yeah, no, it's like, it's like your very favorite. It's like was. par smoked and then finished on the grill. Um, it just, I'm sorry, like there is just nothing that compares to that. Like fatty, smoky salt. It just feels right, you know. I don't know. I'm a fan of oily fish. Like if it's oily, I'm into it. Oh, you know so what I think is hot that? right now, which is like kind of hot outside of Alaska, but we've always been into it. Is tinned fish. You know, like fish in a tin. Mm. Yeah. It's like people people in New York, Sardines we all like, we're going to have a tin fish party. I'm like, why don't you go to like <laughs> anyone's cabin right now? <laughs> you know, but it's very hot. Very hot. Really? You're going to see, you're going to see tin fish like in Bon Appetit magazine, like soon. Like if it's not already there, like tin fish parties with like blah, tin fish. It's like, and I'm like, it's kind of better funny. in a jar to be honest, but okay. Like, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, those like those like oysters. You remember like the mm-hmm. oysters on the cr- oh, your parents yeah. bust that out, you'd put them on the cracker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my mom used to send me to Wendler with that. There's there's no trades <laughs> happening. Yeah, yeah she's like sardines <laughs> and saltines. Right. It's like man, I do like sardines mom. though. My kids are like, like where's the uncrustable mom? Like, um, we were just having the uh, conversation. I think a couple pods ago about our favorite. Seafood or something like that, or we were. I was. I think I was mentioned something about like halibut was overrated, <coughs> and then I, I had mentioned my favorite was the black. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bla- yeah. Black bass or you yeah, know, black, black rockfish. Yeah, yeah. Like it's something that people just like. Oh, we limited out on halibut. Now we're yeah. gonna go catch some black rockfish, and you, you know you limit out on those. And you're just kind of like throw them in the cooler and it's kind of just like brushed off like well we came here for halibut you're talking about butterfish though right yeah like yeah. sable fish oh yeah. that? So like yeah, two thousand yeah. feet deep it's oh, a deep how water. the hell do you keep yeah. it really i mean you gotta meet a guy in a those. parking lot <laughs> you, do, you can you can get it and sometimes costco has it weirdly oh like, really yeah and sometimes they have it already smoked and you can just heat it up it's huh. like it's worth every penny yeah costco yeah. they know our heart I mean, costco people, knows our heart oh, yeah. people are getting it in the sound i think it was the mayor's it was the, oh, yeah, it was the pods, and we were talking about that, the sable fish. So that's the one you catch with like the super two thousand foot. Yeah, it's like a yeah, yeah. super cold it's, water. It's, but it's, that is a dirty secret of Alaska's. We don't really like halibut. 
like, let's just be real here. I know, isn't that kind of like snob, it's such a snobby fucking thing to say? It though? is, but when we were growing up, it was like people, it was so plentiful and that like you got so much. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, it's like March 30th and your mom is like, I got some halibut for dinner. And you know it's going to have like mayonnaise and crackers. Yeah. I like it like that. I'm not going to lie, but like the mayonnaise oh, yeah. and the crackers. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and every people outside, I think halibut's a big deal. But like here, we're just like, all right. Yeah. My mom would make That's a whatever. red soup with that. Oh, mm, really? Like a chipino kind of mm. thing, oh, but I'm sure good. there's another mm-hmm. name for it. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Pike and is an always with like the, make a soup with, with oh, clams yeah. and the halibut, and then we used to go to Homer and get those other like like butter. Like what were the ones you used to be able razors? to get out there? No, not the razors. Little, we do the razors too. Butter cl- little yeah. butter clams. Yeah, oh, little guys. used to and be able to get them out there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and she'd make this crazy red soup out of them. Yeah, be so spicy. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a good thing to eat. Yeah. That's good for you. And sp- speaking about the clams, like that was one of those things that died off too. Like yeah. I don't mm-hmm. get to take my kids clamming. Like that was a huge thing in our life. Yeah. Was going out to, you know, clam gulch on the big tide and, yeah. and, and clamming. And even though I hated clams back then, but I loved clam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it was, it was so much fun to go it's out there and do that. Dirty. And dirty and cold yeah. and wet. And then we'd have to clean them all. And I hated it. And oh. she'd make clam chowder, which is probably now delicious, but. Back then, I hated it. Yeah, yeah, we used to do that in Homer, but now I wouldn't. And now there's like another thing is like not only are they not as plentiful, but like they're does like get messed up more. You could get sick more easy. Mm, yeah, um, you know the the cases of that this apocalypse pie. going on. Yeah, I'll I'll keep it short. But no, that's increased because the warmer the water, the more that toxic algae mm. grows. That's what they think, actually. Because you remember when they were, like, oh, going through okay, those things? You know, like, where the shellfish were dying? Mm-hmm. And not the shellfish, but the seabirds were dying on the beaches. There was, like, a... There were, for a couple of years, the there were, like, common mers. They were washing up all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was because... There was one theory that there are these blooms of algae because the water was warmer, and it worked its way from the bait fish up to the birds, and then sometimes to marine mammals. Um, but that's, like, another kind of a weird thing. And and the shellfish that the shellfish also absorb that the algae the right. toxic algae anyway yeah. is that like the red tide algae i think so okay. i'm not totally sure but you can s- they were able to see the blooms from like satellite view mm-hmm. um and because i was working at that time like writing a little bit about the weird seabird die off like mm-hmm. many hundreds of thousands of birds but um now they you know that that's over now it was sort of in the like 2016 yeah, time yeah something like that is the red tide something that's every certain amount of years or what's it's just what related it? to the conditions that you know allow so like warmer ocean temperatures allow for that algae to bloom and it's mm-hmm. like got like that psp toxin in it yeah um in all your um travels around alaska and and eating things what we've been talking about all this delicious stuff what's like the grossest thing you had to eat but yet it's like smile because you're like, I don't want to embarrass <laughs> this person. Like, well, okay, you know, so you're in someone's house or something. And I don't know. Like, so secret thing about me is that after I had my kid, I got like weird life-threatening food allergies. Like I just ate everything and then that happened. So I have to eat super careful now. It's um, a bummer. Yeah, it's stupid. It's real stupid. Um, I don't recommend it. And it's embarrassing and it's weird to be a food person with food allergies. But um, yeah, I can't do peanut butter now. Yeah, I don't. 
Yeah, you don't do peanut butter. No, I'm joking. No, I don't. I can't. I I can't. Like I brush my mouth after I make lunch, and I get like my lip swells up. It's stupid. Um, but because of that, it can get myself out of like the things. Um, but I think I like what's some weird stuff. I don't know. Like I don't. I can't eat like a lot of like marine mammal. Um, like I can't eat a lot of blubber. Like I just it's. It stresses me out because I'm allergic to shellfish. Like, I'm afraid that, mm. and, like, fish eat, like, marine mammals eat crustaceans. But um, nothing has happened. Um, but, yeah, like, something. Just in your head when you're eating it, though. It's like, mm. Yeah. It, it, well, it's, like, got a different texture that I'm unaccustomed <coughs> to. Um, I'm trying to think, like, something super gross. Like, I don't know. More often, it's, like, stuff that is just gross because it's, like, over-processed. You know, Ooh. like I'm always tasting stuff because you never know when something might be good. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, you want to always give it a but shot, like right? That, like crumble cookies. Like, have you guys had those? They're like really, they're like a million dollars per cookie, and everything's like there's a million people working there. I don't know where they found them, and they have like an electronic way of like signing up for getting a cookie. You know, and the cookies are um, huge and thick. And I had one. What, a crumble cookie? Yeah, it's like a place out in the Takatnu. It's a chain. Oh, I've heard. And, yeah, um, okay. And they were so, like, moist isn't the word. They were, like, damp. Mm. Like, it was, oh, like. Almost like a wet pack cookie. Packed with, like, lard or something. Yeah, like, just, and, like, they're, like, this, thick, like. I don't like you know, a thick cookie. Yeah, like, a thick, damp. I have a lot of feelings about cookies, so that might be it. But I just, like, <laughs> and, like, really sweet. And, like, I just. It was like not that that kind of thing is like not like that's the kind of thing where it's like not my favorite like super trashy donuts like golden donuts give me a golden donut any day <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's not all of this you know like it's not all the stuff like the, the like the double chocolate golden donut especially when eaten after 10 p.m. is so oh good <laughs> like, it's never gonna stop like yes. being my beating heart but like kind of like a cold crispy cream. Mm. Like really I just do it for no, you. it's gross. Like I can't explain it. Like that stuff grosses me out more than like any kind of weird wild food that mm. I can think of that I've eaten. You know, like I a- I haven't eaten anything really super stinky, and there are a lot of stinky things that you could eat. Mm-hmm. Have you Have you all tried anything ferment like a fermented? I mean, I, I guess I ate some fermented whale, but I haven't eaten like. You know, there's a lot of like fermentation is a traditional food pr- mm. pro- food preservation technique from yeah. protein in Alaska, which is kind yeah. of like outside yeah. of like what you know a lot of us are here yeah. are eating. But yeah, I, I haven't had much fermented stuff. No. I, I, I think heads. I had like a like it was probably like a level of fermentation of a smoked salmon. Mm. And uh, it was a guy's version of it. The way yeah. he does it oh. in his cooler, it's like fermented. And well, you got to be careful with that in a cooler. Oh, Not it, enough like oxygen. Oh no, it. I, I, I mean it's all bad. Yeah, oh. <laughs> it's all bad. And yeah. he's like, "This is the best ever." And I'm like, "Man, man, I'm just gonna like mm-hmm. give this a go." Yeah. And maybe it's gonna be the best smoked salmon because everybody's got the best smoked salmon. Yeah. And. uh Nope, it tasted like rotten fish, and it was disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh, and gross. I didn't want to smoke salmon for the whole rest of the summer. There is it, a way so. to ferment salmon, but I don't know that that's it. You got to have yeah. more oxygen. Like the fermentation techniques are actually pretty fascinating because people use the same vessels always, mm. and they're they're permeable. So 
but what's happened is now people will start to do fermentation in like a plastic bucket. Mm. Um, and the taste is different, but also people are more mm. likely to get foodborne illness like yep. because they don't have enough oxygen. That and they don't have the right bacteria living in like your staves or whatever exactly. it is that, exactly. that eat like the E. coli or yeah. all the bad shit. Oh, the good bacteria that you kills know, the bad bacteria. You would yep. be like the oh. person who knows That's way like more about that. That's like why we don't do cheese that. here, you know? You don't do cheese right, you know? We do it in stainless. It's, it's Not wrong. the same. No, it's totally wrong. Oh, versus like letting it mold yeah. and hang and like and an, do the whole an thing. oak basket or well, It's not molding. It, you know, they, all the good bacteria lives in there and and is like, you know, eating all the bad shit as well. Yeah, saying. gotcha. One time I did eat something pretty weird. I was like, I don't know if you've ever been to like a Hmong, like, Mm. gathering before but this was like you probably know about it you know it's from like back in the on the east side there's a lot of people among people yeah. especially oh, yeah. but i um i went to like a, a whole day thing and they sacrificed they they have like a religious practice around animals and they kill them you know to feed because they believe the spirits walk among us and they're hungry and they cause problems when they aren't fed and so you know like that's a short version um but they sacrifice animals to satisfy that and so we like killed chickens up in this fourplex of mountain view the ladies are like <laughs> taking all the feathers off in the living room i was like i know this is a rental <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> anyway and then and the whole time there was like this pig that had gotten done up at the samoan grocery so it was like this so anchorage and they had done it with like a five spice rub and then they had cooked it in like this big oven that was in the grocery like hanging up but they bled it and they and it's like important to eat the blood so they made a sort of like a dressing for and the pig was delicious we ate it like we had this big feast in the living room with the shaman and the family and all the kids and the old people and whatever but um but they dip it in like a it's like hot chilies cilantro something salty fish sauce um, oh, and pig, and pig blood, um, mm. and that was a little out there, just because I was like, "How long do is they this cook one? the blood?" Or no, no. Um, but I think maybe the salt and the heat might, like, I'd like to believe that that <laughs> cured it. But that was just like a little hard for me to like wrap my mind around. But there was like no getting around that. You had to put that in yeah. right and dip it. You in had there to put that it. right in. What did it good? It was pretty good. You know, I mean, it's if you put like those flavors together, it's pretty good. Yeah. And it's just like blood, whatevs, you know. Yeah. But you just like if you don't think about it, I I have it's one of those things with like thinking about it, like rabbit, like oh. when you eat rabbit, like it's just a little bit. It's the same thing where I'm like, mm, I'm just gonna chicken this in my head. Like yeah. the rabbit part was fine until like I killed one and I heard what sound it made, and mm. then it made it real turn, hard. Turn and the Hmong cultures, <clears throat> so interesting, so interesting to yeah. me. Yeah, I um, food's super important. I witnessed one time out hunting caribou. I was out in Eureka, and they were shooting the ground squirrels huh. that run around out there. Yeah. And they were making larb out of those. They were eating the ground squirrels. It's basically, you know what larb is? Yeah, yeah. So they're making larb. And for people that don't know, it's basically a, a meat that's cooked in lime mm -hmm. or lemon. And they were using that meat to mm -hmm. make that, mm -hmm. to make that stuff. And I was like, wow. I never just even Did crossed my mind. No, I wasn't with them. I was just happy yeah, to yeah. see it. Yeah. And I, and I was like, what are they doing? What are they doing? And they ended up posting a video 
a YouTube video and I found it and I was like, that's what, it was like the exact same people. I was like, yeah. that's what they were cooking. And they brought out like their big, like rice, Brown, rice yep. thing that they, that they do it in like the basket rice thing. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> and it was a whole big group of them and they were making that larb and they, and, um, one of our friends who comes to the meat party, he's married to a Hmong, a Hmong girl. And, um, she brings that, that, no, I call it mung juice. Yeah. I call it mung juice. I, I don't know. They didn't even know what the name is. Just their salsa that they make. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! It is so. Is it like a cilantro pepper? Yeah. Situation. Spicy. Lots yep. of yeah, hella spicy. Yeah, hella spicy. Yeah, with those little spicy. those little peppers. Four star. Yeah. Four star. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of yeah. my mom's ahi. Mm -hmm. Is what we call it. It's like vinegary, um, but they have different ones. There was a security guard downtown that he brought me two jars and his was like really like orangey. Mm. It was less, it was less vinegary and a little bit thicker, mm -hmm. uh, but it was so, so good. Mm -hmm. Did you know that, um, I had a barber who was Hmong mm -hmm. and we would just talk about food like the whole time he's like cutting my hair. It's super important. You yeah. know, I mean, that's a, like they're worried not just about their own hunger, but the hunger of their ancestors. And like, it's, my my mailman, this guy Jur, he's he's so awesome. Um, but he is Hmong. He also has a chicken farm, so you know. But we talk about like, and then I raised chickens for the school, and like you know, and he was like coming and he was like coming looking at my like messed up chickens, being like that one. He's not gonna live. <laughs> you know, like, he's you like he's sick. like you could raise it, you could raise it, but it's not gonna live. Um, but but anyway, but yeah, it's like but every food is. I mean, same food is everything, you know, and like if you go, there's like a couple of different places where there's like a lot of family among families living like over off of Malduna and that mm -hmm. one trailer court, you know, the one like, yep. I want to say there's it's like the Mayflower. Do you know what the I'm talking about? The one that's in the middle, if you're going northbound on the right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, Muldoon has a ton. Wonder yeah, Park has a bunch too, but Muldoon has the most. And you, yeah. um, you go in there in the summertime and people are just like, everything's a garden. You know, mm -hmm. um, I mean, the Hmong people are survivors and they come from all different regions and they're like, they got 10 different clans in town and they all have their own different ways of cooking. And, um, and some of them, you know, it's just like, it's, it's fascinating. I like really like the food culture is really something. Well, even how they procure, like when you go and you'll see them hunting, they're the whole entire family's there, like 80 year old grandma to like two year old kid to baby. Right. Like you'll see like 40 of them. Right. Out there. And there's just an entire, they brought the entire f extended family. All of them are out there to procure yeah, they, the caribou or the moose or whatever hard, they're going man. after. They go hard. But the point I was going to make as we, we brought up Thanksgiving and I was telling them how my mom did it with rice and like, um, garbanzos and we would have like green olives and that's what was our stuffing like we never had i never had traditional stuffing mm -hmm. until i was an adult so like i married my you know american wife and i was like oh this is delicious you know <laughs> and she was like oh that's delicious and so i brought it up to to my barber who moved back to minnesota a big community there and they do noodles they you stuff it with noodles awesome oh and, my god i love that and, and then i brought it up i was like well then do you guys like cut the meat and then you have like a side of noodles he's like no then we grind it all up and it's just like one big like oh. stir thing it's like wow just That's blew my mind rad. i'd never even yeah. so anytime i like meet a monk person i was like how do you guys do yeah. your turkey yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's but it's, it's it's a culture that's totally all about food because like also there's these relationships that have formed between like urban monk people because it's been about like 
there was that big resettlement that had the refugee resettlement that happened like 15 years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. But there are these relationships that form between like farmers in the valley among people com- coming out to get different fish, different food for, you know, parties or sacri- like for sacrificial purposes, but then they would eat it, you know, like, so you could like, someone gets married, you do a cow. You know, somebody, yeah. Yeah. somebody dies, you do a pig, you know, yeah. you got problems, you're going to do a couple chickens, like, and that's what, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's like, I think that's like my, my mailman. Like, I think that's like his jam as he raises the chickens for like, yeah, you know, it's so the cool. Sacrifice. It's such a like unique yeah. Alaskan Anchorage thing. Like my neighbors to the left are Tongan and they'll do every time it's their kid's birthday. They're like doing an entire pig. I'm like, right. yes, it's his birthday. I like that on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> and then to the right is a Thai a family. And this guy. He literally installed a hood because for some reason, like they put the hood of the of the oven, but it didn't go outside like the air. Yeah. And so the first thing he did before they even moved in, I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I got to have a vent. I cook very spicy Thai food. Yeah. And I was like, right <laughs> on, man. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the neighborhood. Yeah. Is, <laughs> it is so Anchorage, though. And that's what makes this place so special is all of that. And the wild food is like this thread that unites everybody, you yeah. know. And also live in in a place with big wildness and having to dig each other's cars out. That's like this yep. snowstorm has been really good for like healing purposes for I our agree. city because people got to be mm. nice to each other. No one's talking about politics, you know, and like yeah. we need each other. Um, but that's the whole thing. Anyway, I should probably go pretty soon. Gotta. Okay, we'll take one yeah. more break and I want to come back. I want to talk about pies. Okay, all got right. it. The Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day because honestly, there's always something good on deck. And guys, listen, this is where the culture lives. At the Treehouse, their dedication to servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime of involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords, while always maintaining the deep-rooted principles that have carried them this far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with the respect you deserve. Hit them up at thetreehouseak.com, and remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. Tailored Restoration, 24-hour emergency home services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you at any time, day or night. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Make an appointment today at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Since 2008, Serrano's is Anchorage's own new generation of Old Cocina. Their menu showcases the passion and love of their rich heritage and unique family recipes that have been passed down through the generations. Serrano's goal is to embrace and display trad flavors using the best ingredients that are available. They focus on making everything from scratch daily. In-house menu includes handcrafted corn tortillas, salsas, carne asada, and chorizo. But don't take their word for it. Experience their tradition and some bore for yourself. Locations on Tudor and Northern Lights, both with new tequila bars. Check out their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. The Connoisseur Lounge, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. The Connoisseur Lounge is Palmer's first locally owned and operated cannabis retailer. Their beautiful store is located at 226 Evergreen Avenue. The Connoisseur Lounge has exclusive cannabis products such as Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Super Glue, and one of our favorites, Sugar Cookies. 
And if you're not into the flower, the connoisseur can hook you up with edibles, vape supplies, and a ton of CBD options for all your health and inflammation needs. Check out their daily deals at theconnoisseurlounge.net, or even better, stop by the lounge today. Remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter Yeah, there. we have like this agenda of shit that we barely even touched like two things on it. Yeah. yeah. So, so we'll do it that, again. That's, that's how you know it's going good when yeah. you have all I'm, this yeah. stuff. I just am so curious about all you all and like... It's fun. Next time you come, you just interview us. Yeah, I will. I, <laughs> I know. Well, you had some good questions, um, and I had one like thing to touch on, like the whole food thing before we like moved to the pies. It was like you you had mentioned we were talking about Hmong and Samoa and 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 Thai. It's like the diversity of Alaska, and we've talked about that many times on the podcast. It's unique, right? Anchorage and Alaska in general is very diverse, but you know the food really brings it all together, right? You have all these diverse cultures. Everybody's mm-hmm. into food. Mm-hmm. And then, then you add the wild game angle to it and That's fish the, and everything. Yeah. It's yeah. like you hit, you, hit, you hit it there. Like I, it, it, it clicked in my head. I'm like, man, that is like I wish people had like more block parties in neighborhoods where they like shared all that stuff and did that. Like it's, We need that right now. Everybody yeah. got all, the last couple of years messed everybody up. Yeah. Everybody's been everybody in acts houses, like they, they can't paranoid. even. Yeah. There's acts like they can't say excuse me when they're like walking by or mm-hmm. how are you doing today or. They forgot how. Do you want to yeah. try this, you know, cheeseburger? Like, yeah. Like, do you want to come in? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's do you want to come even in? Exist? No. And it's messed up. We got to fix it. It's like there's like. You know, we got to fix it. We got to, yeah. we got to fix good it. Point. I think the block potters are good. I, whenever I well, bust food out is the a good stand. Start. Food's a good start. Food's everything. Everybody yeah. likes yeah. to eat. It's a ticket in. It's a yeah. ticket in. Yeah. I'll bust out the stand in, in April or May and I'm just cleaning it and I just start cooking hot dogs and all the kids just come out from all the houses. And like, no, no, where do you live? I got to know now. I live in, I call it Little Manila. Oh. <laughs> you know where that is? No. Okay. Uh, it's in Turnigan, but not the ritzy side of Turnigan. It's, the, uh, it's, it's Little Manila. Like, everyone is, like, Filipino. Hmong or Filipino or Thai or yeah. Colombian, and it's just, What's like... What's the street, the cross cops, streets? The cops don't come there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just drive um, Behind um, Balto Sapala Park. Turnigan Elementary behind Turnigan. Oh Elementary. yeah, I know just I know just where that's where like that's where my kid pra- he practices soccer over there at that. Yeah, yeah the rush, right uh, the, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah right the, back in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. that's a good neighborhood. Split yep. level. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We like it there. It's cool. My son rides his bike to his soccer there. Yeah. Sometimes I haven't seen you there actually. Yeah, it's yeah. only a matter of time. I got yeah. two of them in there now. Yeah, and then the other one rides his bike to um, Lanary to go play baseball, and that's yeah, awesome. It's nice. It's really yeah. nice there. Um, I'm very infatuated with all your pies. Okay, let's um, talk about pies. Um, I have some of them up on the screen there. Walk us through from top right on down okay. what we got going on here. So that's my mom's. That's like a strawberry rhubarb that needed to go in the oven there. And then that's my, and then, oh, we're going to go this way. That's my yeah, we're gonna cousin. Go she made, uh, that's my cousin Tanya. She made like a fresh pumpkin pie so she used one of those sugar pumpkins mm. and then made it oh and um, it's like a custardy looking mo- yeah almost. yeah and then that one is my cousin she made like a it's just like a apple right, right lower corner yeah though. that's mm-hmm. an apple crumble and then this is the new york times cranberry curd tart um i made it a little different mm. because i just made a regular tart crust and then um, we decorated it with pomegranate. So it's just basically, mm. and we made it with wild cranberries from um, that I picked out at my cabin. So it was, had that like cool, like wild cranberry yes. taste, which I really yeah. liked. 
This one is like a butter mochi pie with matcha, which is mm. like my favorite pie. Yeah. Um, but it's basically just kind of like a custard, like a sort of a dense custard pie with that has that like subtle matcha. Looks like green flavor. tea, like yeah. a green tea. Yeah, like that's what thing. it is. It's a yeah. green tea powder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that matcha? Is that what it's matcha, matcha is? Yeah. yeah. And then that's like my favorite pie. I made it gluten free. Wait, hold on. You just said the other one. Right oh, there. sorry. Sorry. I like this one too. <laughs> this, I, like that. Okay. I like that one. And then this one was my favorite pie this year. This is an eggnog pie. Mm. Oh, um, with, and I made oh, it for my shit. brother. I used, because he's gluten free. So I used like um, these Bear like lard. Graham, graham crackers. No. My uncle is the best pie maker, so that's my uncle's pie. His name's Tommy. He lives in Girdwood, and um, he had a piece before he put it on. The yeah, table. we he had, <laughs> he he has it. He had, yeah, it's like a whole thing. It's called Pie First, capital P, capital F. Um, but it's like a, it's a tradition. PF? Yeah, and you make a bunch of pies. You're never gonna eat all those pies, and then the night before, when the kids go to bed, you eat you eat some. Okay. Yeah, and that's you have pie cool. first. And what's this last one here? And then this last one. Like a moose? No. <laughs> no, this is an ube pie, which I overcooked slightly because I forgot what I was doing. Um, but it's a. <laughs> so it's many like pies. A, it's a purple <laughs> sweet potato pie. Um, uh, and in fact, mm. I, I think I used partially cool. Okinawan sweet potatoes because it was hard to find ube. But um, And then it has a like a. A toasted meringue, like a Ooh, marshmallow, yum. a marshmallow meringue there on the top. Yeah. Break out the blowtorch. Absolutely. We didn't yeah. have pies growing up. That's not like a Colombian thing. You know, we didn't. It's something different. You had other stuff. Until yeah. uh, the the bear lard thing. And that changed everything in the La House. You like Oh, using the bear lard? In pie. Yeah, the pie crust. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it's is, like unreal. Like yeah. I, but yeah, is I it was like. No, yeah. no, no. I mean, these I would are take blue. Some of that. So these I'll are like very specific, like Kenai Mountain blueberry bears taken in late August. Yeah, like the the bear fat's pur purple. I would know. believe that that would be really good. People yeah, have so a good. lot of it's lards, unreal. A lot of lard, like lard, like Crisco is actually smart. Like it does something different. But the also how you handle the dough, like that was my huge revelation this year. Which was, um, see, I like actually have like, I'm like handicapped in the pie crust department. Like I need assistance. Like I can't just like do it by hand. Like it sucks. And my family, they're like really hardcore pie makers, as you can see. But um, so, but the lard, like I, this I think would be the, the, like that lard sounds dreamy. But you would do mm. a half butter, half lard situation. Mm. And um, you make it in the Cuisinart. And you, you got to be cold, super cold super cold and you're like you're like maybe you're gonna do 10 pulses and then the pieces of fat need to stay big and that is the key you cannot have small fats you have to, and you have to then use i use um why, why can't you have small fats this the bigger fats like the it, the next thing is that you you use if you're gonna laminate the dough so then you keep the fat big so if you're gonna have small fats then you just like keep it running you drizzle cold vodka into it it coalesces into a dough and then you're cool like that'd be standard issue but the the crazy baller way is you keep the fats big you dump it out you you mix in the vodka cold ice cube oh. in there and but you dump it out while it's still crumbly and you press it together mm. and then it should be sticky enough to kind of press together and you make it into sort of like a like a novel like a, a trashy novel size of a rectangle and you roll it out the fats are still big and you fold it and then you roll it again and it 
does this croissant thing mm. because oh. it laminates the dough okay. that is Layered. just friggin' ridiculous. Yeah. Also, one of your fats should be salty. Mm-hmm. And I I stand by that. You can put salt in there. You can add salt and you can add sugar, but salted fat, it's better. Anyway, so yeah, this is no, like, really I just went deep, but like. Because so, the, yeah, the, the, the crust I'm talking about, I've never made, of course. Yeah. But they they have that croissanty flaky stuff. Yeah, well, the lard does that. Like any lard oh. is going to give you more loft. Also, the uh-huh. alcohol loft. when it cooks off will okay. give you a little more yeah, loft. Yeah, but yeah. that lamination, like, like yeah. mind, mind blown. Like yeah. I don't know. I it's really hard to do, and I did not do it on all those pies. I usually just run the Cuisinart because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what's the, too much what's work? a big pie culture? Like what from where? Midwest, right? Is that an American thing? You know, I think Alaskans actually have a pie culture, and I don't know. You know, like it, it's tied to roadhouse culture. Mm. A pie is something you can make and share and, and slice and share. Like a cake is the same, but I think, you know, we had a lot of traveling with stops, roadhouse mm-hmm. stops, and it was relatively mid-century, you know, where you could kind of drive the Alcan, you would stop at a roadhouse, you get a piece of pie. Yeah. And we have roadhouses going all the way to fairbanks you know but talkeetna is a pie place mm. you know and so i do think there's like an and also we're a berry place you yeah. know it's one of the wild yeah. foods oh, right, that we right. have a lot of access to and pies just like naturally lend themselves to that especially blueberry man a blueberry pie like talk about something that feels like you should oh, yeah. be eating it like that inky yeah. blueberry mm. with you alaska should, blueberry yeah no alaska yeah. blueberries absolutely but they, they're low just bush. different <laughs> low bush and you they're just like you should eat that. Yeah. That should be what you have, yeah. you know? Some seeds Have you guys ever had the pies on the Denali Highway when you're uh, caribou hunting? At, um, it's right there, um, like oh, maybe five have, miles uh, to the west. And of the roadhouse. The, yeah, I forget what roadhouse that is. Yes. So that is a roadhouse. So I never made that connection. So we had that. Roadhouses. Yeah. We had that pie every year hunting, Eureka, right? And then this is a little side tangent. And then I go to college and uh, our fraternity cook lived in Idaho and would drive across the border to Washington state. And, uh, you know, and anyway, so I get to know her. She spends summers in Alaska. She's the pie cook at that lodge or at that roadhouse. And her mom was the one before her. It was, but oh, the was same like a, pie that oh, wow. like we in our fraternity thing. is the one that would eat every oh, year after wow. hunting. It was cool. That's Except for like, not with Alaska blueberries and Washington, it's, but, but it is a pie. Yeah, it was pretty rad. Delicious, it was super cool. Yeah. Uh, real quick factoid: ancient Egypt and Greece. Oh, really? Pie Pies? originators. There you go. Ancient Egyptians. I mean, it so makes Google sense. Says. It's like a big dumpling in its own way, and every mm, culture yeah. has every culture yeah. has a dumpling. You there can't you find a culture with no dumplings, but yeah um, it was one form of it right mm-hmm. what is what's the roadhouse is it on the paxton side or cantwell side it's on the cantwell side it's like five miles from the susitna bridge going west oh okay so it's yeah i used to know the name i can't remember it top of the alpine uh, no no uh, alpines after that it's, it, a, it's the one before that right yeah yeah it's like mm. i mean it's literally i like see it in my i see it right after the airstrip yeah you know? i see it and maybe funny, three miles from because i went to eureka roadhouse three times this summer and i had pie oh yeah after my burger you know like come, every time come to think of it too pie doesn't use a lot of flour flour is like a hard to get commodity and so there's also like oh. the ratio of like you know flour to wild food um, so it's like a, it, it's a wild food led kind of thing, but uh. re- and flour is hard to get. I mean, and fat, I don't know, but, um, you know, fat's not easy to get either, but you, not people wild, could no. get 
Crisco, people could get canned fat. So that would have been like a, so that's another kind of thing, like historically why pie kind of fits in because people were relying on shipped in flour. Mm. You know, there's a lot of recipes early on where people are like reusing breadcrumbs instead of flour or that kind of thing because it was just like expensive. White flour is expensive to get and no one was, no one could grow wheat here, right? So Mm. it's kind of a weird imported. That's a good point. Grain. Yeah. Do you have some bucket list foods? I, well, they have to do with like places, you know? Okay. I mean, I don't know. Like I want to go to Cuba. I've always wanted, like want to go to Cuba for 20 years. I don't ever go anywhere. Like, but I do want to go to Cuba and I want to eat just like basic Cuban food. Mm -hmm. Um, I have family from Italy. I've eaten there a number of times, but I've never been to Paris. I just want to go to Paris and eat butter things. Like Mm. I know that seems simple. Um, It just tastes that much better though. I don't know what I, I'm like a weird person who likes to retread certain things. Like there's a couple of restaurants in New York that I always go to that are the same. Um, I like always walk the same route around my neighborhood. I don't know what it is about me like that. Um, I never tire of it. It's true. There's something about returning to the same thing and finding something new there that I just like, I love that whole thing, but, um, I'll just never tire of produce y'all. Like, let's be real. Like just Mm -hmm. going to a grocery store in Ohio in the summertime and buying a fucking tomato. Like (laughs) (laughs) something about it. There's just something about it. I just want to buy that. I just want to eat like a tomato that like it cost me like 50s. You know, I don't know. That's the Alaska kid thing. Yeah. Totally. If you um, could only use one spice. What would it be? A single spice? Dude. You're like, you're going in the woods. This is it. Apocalyptic style. You can only grab one spice. Salt doesn't count. No, salt doesn't count. Okay. You got your salt, but you need one thing. You're like, I I forgot this. I I tease my friend Bo about how he's like really into Calabrian chili all the time. I'm like, oh, are you going to add Calabrian chili to that? But I did order some (laughs) because I was like, I should probably try this. And it's freaking awesome. So I think heat, right? I would probably bring heat. Yeah, I would bring heat. If you have salt and heat, then all you need is acid and fat. And then you're good. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Heat. That's a good one. I was just thinking Old Bay. Oh, Bam, old, old, old bay. Just, yeah. just, just <laughs> endless supply of old bay. I'll be yeah, good. Exactly. Lowry, Lowry season <laughs> salt. That's like fish, the best. beef, pork, poultry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> garlic salt. Garlic salt's pretty like. Oh, good, that, yeah. that'd probably be the yeah. one yeah, actually of all time. Fun. Yeah, I do like. The, have you ever tried? There's like that. Um, there's like a Prince William Sound Salt Company. Yeah. yeah. And they make like a pretty good garlic salt. Like yeah. I order it. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we yeah. had them on. Yeah. They're awesome. There's smoked alder one. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, yeah, that that I can't like. So smoky. I, have, I just like Very don't know smoky. what to do with smoked salts. Like I'm like I'm just not into them. Is it overpowering or something? Yeah, I just am it like is. I didn't yeah. actually smoke this. Like, but here, I mean, smoke pack. I make a lot of things with beans using smoke pack. Uh, smoke paprika. Smoke. Yeah. Yep. Try to say there that. It is. Like not smoke easy. paprika. I want to add it to yeah. a smoked salmon jarred. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that would be good. Oh, yeah, because then it would like, be good. It would just be mixed in there. It wouldn't yeah. be like yeah, just like a little sprinkle uh, lightly smoked on top. You know, I had a revelation. I tried smoking salmon in a 
I was determined to use a little chief and like do it, mm. you know, like dad style. And I did it all summer, Jack, <laughs> and I did it all summer. And until the point where I can't, I can barely eat any more salmon. Um, cause it's just not that good. Like it's better to pay more and have a better smoker where you can control the temperature. But at the end of the summer, um, a friend of mine brought me a silver salmon that he had gotten out of the Copper River and I um, made locks and it like, mm. it's so easy. Why do we smoke salmon? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I did it. I was like, this is awesome. I did it with gin. It was a bow recipe he was testing. It was gin, sugar, salt, and juniper berries. So mm. it was oh, like simple. a, yeah. it was like a, and, and a lemon, a lot of lemon zest. And it was like, and I just like stuck it in there and like put it in the refrigerator or like wash it off, let it get tacky. And there it was. And I was yeah. like, why? So easy. Have I not been just like making locks? The only thing with locks, which you guys, I'm sure because you're knife people would probably, I could not slice it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I could not figure mm. it out. Like how, what tool to use to slice locks because the it's not like the locks where you like you know watch the video from mm -hmm. like the deli in new york where they're using farm salmon and it's like this thick of yeah. a fillet it's like you're it's a silver and so that yeah. was like really hard but man we should all be making locks yeah all you got to do is the hardest thing is pulling the bones out and then you're good yeah once you get that down it's so delicious you can yeah. do so many delicious things with yep. it you could make like a kind of like a more like asian spice profile and like yeah. you could be using it in your noodle soup Teriyaki's like you could make what like yeah it's ridiculous anyway i don't know how i got on that <laughs> i think you gotta get a, you gotta get a ulu it might be it oh. might be true like a nice one like a really yeah, yeah like one. a legit go to the ulu yeah. store get like the, yeah, there's, YouTube it. there's like that hunting knife kind of thing or like it's like a i've seen it like advertised to outdoorsy man types but it's like very tall and oh josh thin. just gave me one of those yeah i feel like oh, that would maybe it's be like a stone yeah it's uh, it's rounded like that but flat and it's really tall and yeah big. and super it's, sharp it's a yeah Ulu, yeah yeah, yeah kind of Ulu-ish. yeah <gasps> no it doesn't have a curve on it right it's like it has no, a curve on the back side. It has a curve on the back side. Okay, yeah. that's like what I'm talking flat. about. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I forgot what he called it. He just gave me one for my birthday. They're super beautiful. But I think that that style of knife can maybe like get a thin cut mm -hmm. on something like. Because you got can, a lot like, of weight to it too. And you can kind of carry it back. Because mm -hmm. that was like, that was the big challenge. And I was, you couldn't just get it to flake? No, because it's raw. It's just cured up. So yeah. it it's kind of sticky. Yeah. And so you have to. You have to get it like, yeah, yeah, that was the hardest thing. But it was so epically delicious. The texture was amazing. It was moist, not too salty, and easy. And, and I not didn't take as long. No. And you yeah, don't have to like worry a, about it and yeah, screw around with spend it. Spend the whole weekend just yeah. like pay yeah, attention to this fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, and the only thing I figured out like with the with the little chief is that you have to finish it in the oven. Like you can't, you'll never <sighs> succeed. You'll never succeed. I mean, you got to just really know what you're doing. Yeah, it's, you do. And there are people who are like masters of it. But I, I yeah. found their recipes. Like I got all these old 80s magazines yeah. and, you know, I did it. I did it all. But I just like I couldn't get it. Not too salty, not too smoky, not too dry. Like one of those always failed. unless I, And then I finished in the oven. But by then it's like 20 thousand hours later and you're just like everything is like sm your whole house you know i don't know anyway yeah. sorry <laughs> smell it on your fingers straight up going bradley <laughs> smoking fish man yeah you just gotta invest in a bradley a bradley yeah is that a good smoker oh yeah no oh the smoker 
Oh yeah, no, the Bradley smokers. Just like the, my friend had one of those ones, like two hundred and fifty dollars, and it you can just like it's temperature controlled and yeah. like yeah. it has the open front. Is that the kind yeah? Is it look like a refrigerator? Has <laughs> a refrigerator seal? Yeah, yep. that's it. it most oh. likely, it's a Bradley. Mm-hmm. They oh, actually kind of look junky. Like you're like, oh, I could have made that in my college room. You could, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, they're nice. Yeah, yeah, those I, are the ones. I think that that's the way to do it. Yeah, because you get the smoke on it, but you don't have to cook it. I yep. mean, and you can cook it, you know, but you don't have to cook it. Like my uncle was like, he would do it. He kept a box. I used his smoker. It was a 45-year-old box, smoker box. So he'd like put the fish in, load up the like chips, and then he put the actual original 1967 box on it and smoke them like that it's amazing that it kept it kept lasting yeah it he's very meticulous but it's like you can't it can't wet you you know i don't know and then it rains of course like yeah (laughs) we're gonna let you go but before you go what's something we have to eat before we die in our town or just in life oh in our state Oh, man. There's so many things. <coughs> I don't know. Let's see. What's a favorite? Okay, I'm going to say this would be it. You guys have probably had this, but all people should eat this, which is you pull a red salmon out, and then you fillet it up, and you cook it over open fire, and you have like a really high quality soy sauce and you just cook it so it's just rare like translucent and then you just like slice it and then you just like mm, little soy sauce yeah, that's yeah. it yeah that's what yeah. you should eat i think that's mm-hmm. a good one that's simple and that is it yeah yeah that i mean i i, I don't think i've ever like high quality soy sauce though i don't know is that can you, you get? Can, yeah, you have to kind of have to. Or we could we can talk later. You have to kind of okay. order it on Amazon, but it's better. Gotta, is this off the mic? Shit yeah, right it's here. got okay. like a it's got like a kind of an earthiness, and okay. the salt is like just weights a little bit in your mouth. Mm. Like it's not just like mm. straight salt. It's like it just like hits you a little later. Um, but yeah, and then it just like allows for that sort of gentle perfect ocean to come mm. not the not you know? the salt pal to no it doesn't like, it doesn't overpower it it just like yeah. um kind of elevates it anyway sorry i'm going deep like it's you like got it. you, <laughs> got it. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> good. you guys are so <laughs> sweet to have me on thank you yeah, yeah thank you for, for coming, coming julia thank you for your alaska history and your knowledge on food and your all the writing you've done um anyone listening if you haven't gone and check out uh julia malley's Instagram, it's, once again, it's J O'Malley, soccer number number 17, J O'Malley 17. <laughs> um, check out the website, julioomalley.com. Tons and tons of recipes, tons of pictures, tons of info. Um, and yep. you got decades in the game. And I, I like it. It fills me up. Doesn't really pay me, but it fills me up. Um, so let's get you back in and, and talk about that book, too. Yeah. I know it's deep and maybe a little bit like. I don't know, you know, like uh, <laughs> controversial, if you will. But I, I don't mean, even I, know if it is. I mean, it came I, out four months before the pandemic, so it was kind of like I never even did it. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I think it'd be cool to talk about some of that. I know, again, it can be kind of serious and maybe it's lose a little, some of the listeners, but yeah. I, I also think it's it's good to have a conversation about it. It's a little apocalyptic sometimes, but yeah. also beautiful. Alaska's yeah. full sure. of like people are so innovative. So well, it's shit people need to know that don't know. 
Mm. So well but, connected. Yep. yep. That's yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you for listening, Alaska. We appreciate you. Okay. Stay wild. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Arbor Digital, the forefront of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and wealth management. Providing a low-cost, research-based investment strategy for Alaskans looking to invest their hard-earned money. Visit arborcapital.io today to put your money to work. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. The Connoisseur Lounge, Alaska's premier locally owned and operated cannabis retailer, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. Their cultivated products include Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Superglue, and much more. Find them at theconnoisseurlounge.net. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska. Built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. With exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects that may be high-performing and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack. Located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They are the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Snow Pro AK, your snow and ice management company specializing in business and residential properties. They know what it takes to keep your property presentable and safe. Give them a call for a free estimate at 280-7098 or visit lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. Should you not claim to be at least his equal in prowess and act upon the claim? I say try. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth and is too important to be lost sight of for a moment. If we cannot beat the enemy where he now is, we never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy. 
And it is unmanly to say they cannot do it.